Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the hosts of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. You're listening to Wide Men Can Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the hosts of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. Intro so nice, we played it twice. Uh, welcome aboard, everybody. It's Wide Men Can't Jump, episode 37, and I'm joined, as always, by the man, the myth, the legend, palatial estate in Clifton Heights, Pennsylvania, Mr. T.R. Shock, Tom Robinson. What's up, dude? That intro felt like deja vu. Um, nothing much. Uh, I am glancing sideways against the Espies which we and are going to crush in the ratings because I am. We always do. <laughs> I guess collectively we have a better body, better body than Danica Patrick. We're definitely funnier, and I'm just as cute. She's pretty hot, man. Like, no, no BS aside, she is hot. <laughs> well, she is female, and that's usually your qualifications. But, well, I'll check her out when she comes yeah. out. And, uh... Well, you're you're not wrong, I guess. Uh <laughs> I did what Not they that I'm bragging about myself. They did. I did what they told me to do in high school. Lower the standards, raise the score, my friend. That was the old saying. So uh, you do what you got to do. But, uh, no, I really two, do think she's a, very attractive. A um, 2 at 10 is a 10 at 2. Amen. Keep drinking till she's pretty. That's the old uh, West Virginia motto. So uh, you never know. And I'm having some issue with my free agency tracker. But, nevertheless... We are here. It's why being can't jump. We've got a lot to get to today. We've got so many guests lined up and free agency talk and summer league is has winded down here and we have just man, what a crazy, crazy off season it's been so far, TR. It has been insane. And I guess we gotta talk about the elephant in the room. The thing everybody's talking about, especially today. That's the fact that this episode thirty seven for us. That's huge, man. That's what the whole world's blowing up about. Am I right? If you're talking basketball, you're talking about episode thirty seven. Trending. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you? What's what's our initials? W C 
MJ37, right? Yeah, WMCJ37. Hashtag W whatever Nate just said. Make that trend. (laughs) The episode title is Next Stop Canada, and there's a reason for that. TR and I are moving in with Tim. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We've decided to pack up, move in with Tim. We're getting some free health care. Uh, we're going to get all kinds of good potato chips, and everybody loves Bret Hart. So why not? Canada, oh right. boy, next stop, Maple Leaf Road. <laughs> but uh, seriously, though, we're here to talk about the big elephant in the room here. We're going to be joined here in a little bit by our first guest, but let's go ahead and not get it out of the way, TR. Um, Kawhi Felicia. Leonard, DeMar DeRozan, oh, that the one. trade. Yeah, that big trade. that. It was a little trade that went through this morning. You know, a couple people mentioned it, so uh, I figure we'll bring it up here because nobody else is talking about it in the world. But uh, it is it is a big trade, a big deal. So uh, what are your thoughts? What do you think? Uh, you're giving it to me first. You might not be able to get me off. But uh, Toronto, um, first day those dumbbells fire the coach of the year in the same upcoming season – where their one mental block, it was obviously a mental block. Obviously, uh, LeBron James is the best player in basketball. But there was something particularly with Toronto when they faced him that they just see it happens in sports. Sometimes you just you can't get over that obstacle. That obstacle was removed. So they fired our coach, and they get rid of their best player for, well, let me add this. They get rid of DeMar DeRozan who's one of the two NBA players who joined uh, WWE's Mauro Ranallo and other celebrities to come out, so to speak, and make mental illness more, make an awareness for, uh, you know, that everybody, uh, not everybody, but a great percentage of the population, no matter what your occupation, may suffer from anxiety, depression, bipolar, et cetera. But there's help. Uh, One of the two was DeMar DeRozan. So, they get rid of the guy who admits he has problems and is treated for it to get a guy who won't say anything and is a crackpot, crazy nut fuck. Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> he hasn't been on the floor in like, when's the last time I seen him on the floor? And at, uh, when the Celtics with Garnett were playing against Kobe, I don't even remember seeing that guy play. <laughs> uh, at, J- James Andrews probably cleared him about two years ago to play. He pretends his legs hurt. He wants to go to L.A. I want to go to L.A. You can't hear him talk. It's all through his uncle. I mean, shit. I'm an uncle of how many people? One, two, three, four, five, six. Five or six people call me their uncle. I should know that off the top of my head, but I'm a great uncle and all that shit. I'm the crazy drunk uncle. Kawhi is putting his career, his life, his health, his financial future, his legacy in the hands of of essentially me, the crazy drunk uncle that shows up at Christmas. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? What is wrong with you, Toronto, for one? I mean, they're not going to be – like I, I see these people like, oh, that bumps their odds up in Vegas, which it did, which makes no sense, and they're going to be great. People forget that last year didn't happen for Kawhi. It's like last year never happened. Kawhi Leonard was ascension the year prior. While we've had a show, he hasn't been relevant. That's I mean, true. the rise of the of the Anthony Davises and the and the Giannis and the, and the disrespect of the Steph Curry's to say that Kawhi's the third best player in the game and stuff like that. Show me your rings, there, Kawhi. Well, I did have a ring, but that's what other people. Yeah, that's they, not he's fair. got one at least. 
Yeah, he's got one. <laughs> uh, maybe uh, yeah, he's got one. But that's as a complimentary player to the great Tim Duncan and all the veterans there in San Antonio and and in that system, in the non spotlighted environment, the batshit crazy quiet one just worked hard and became a top tier player. I don't know what happened. I mean, you and our guy Jeff G down in uh, San Antonio talked about it last week, and you know we'll probably never get to the full story of Kawhi Leonard unless he actually comes on camera and speaks. But for Greg Popovich to look for DeRozan and want DeRozan and make the deal that he did, he must feel pretty com- pretty comfortable and pretty confident that tomorrow fit. I think San Antonio wins, but I would have probably said that wherever Kawhi went because I think he's fucking crazy. And I got the balls to say it because we do, we can't get fired by a, a radio station for me saying it. But you know you're all thinking it. He's fucking nuts. That's all. I yeah. wouldn't hire a nut to any profession, no matter how good at the job he was, because you never know if he's going to show up. I'll say this about Kawhi. If Kawhi Leonard is able to show up and be the Kawhi of old, then this trade looks good for a year. That's max. If Kawhi Leonard doesn't show up and doesn't re-sign and doesn't feel that he's going to stick around in Toronto, he, he's been vocal. He does not want to play there. And is it possible, T.R., this dude sits out a year and just waits for free agency and won't play unless he gets to go where he wants to go? Like, are, are we getting to an NBA now where – you won't even play for the team that will, you know, you're signed to play for on paper. I think if he's signed to play in paper and he doesn't show up to play, I don't give a damn what injury he's throwing out there. If he's, I'd have my team doctors look at him and say, okay, you're good to play. If you're not going to play, you don't get paid and you can take your ass home. And Toronto's got to look at it as you've got this dude one year. Now, granted, Oklahoma City was able to convince Paul George to stick around. I don't think Kawhi Leonard's going to be that easy to convince to stay in Toronto. He wants to go to L.A. Um, L.A. is going to be a more enticing opportunity for him next year, as opposed to Paul George. L.A. was not enticing enough this year for him. I think Kawhi Leonard, I thought the trade was stupid. Um, If you're the Raptors, why would you trade a guy who's been loyal to your team, has wanted to stay there, had a three years left on his deal and you trade for a guy that you may get for a year. If he decides to play for you, I, I don't get that. I don't like firing Dwayne Casey, but that's a whole nother topic entirely. Um, I, I just don't, I don't see it. And they give up Jakob Pleadle, who is a great backup center and they get Danny green who hasn't been relevant in years. He has not been good. And you get Kawhi Leonard who didn't play last season could possibly still be injured, very disgruntled, doesn't want to play anywhere but his home. And I don't know. I just don't like this deal for Toronto. Um, The only thing this leads to to Toronto for me is you may get a championship run this year, best-case scenario. You're not going to win. You might as well forget it. Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet, Siakam, um, Jonas Valanciunas, Serge Ibaka does not beat the Warriors. It doesn't happen. N- no possible way does that happen. 
Um, I think the Spurs got the better end on this deal. They got a great solid backup center who can come in and give solid minutes when needed behind Pau Gasol. He's experienced. He's good. He's foreign. Pop loves those foreign big guys. Uh, they got DeMar DeRozan, who'll slide in very nicely at that two-guard position. Your three-guard position, you can put a, a young, if he's ready, Lonnie Walker. If not, you can slide other players in there. Pop's good at that. I think the Spurs got the better end of this because it looks like the Spurs have a piece now that who's going to stay there for at least three years, if not more. He may love playing under Popovich now that he's out of Toronto. And Kawhi Leonard is probably leaving after a year, and the Raptors are going to implode. I just And even after this trade, I don't see them getting past the, the Celtics. I really don't because Kyle Lowry yeah, is known to disappear in the playoffs. I was going to jump in because you you said that doesn't beat the Warriors when you ran down their lineup. Hell, that doesn't beat the Celtics neither. I I don't even – I think they're a six-seed at best. If, if You know, you were saying best-case scenario, but the best-case scenario, you gotta you got to put in there, the guy hasn't played and he claims he's hurt. Uh, how's he going to bond with his teammates, et cetera? He's, he just can't pick up a ball after a couple of years and – go in and, and stop the best player on the other team and score 20 and win 60 games, it's just not going to happen. I mean, if they make it to the playoffs and somehow they gel by then, then we can talk again at a later date. But right now, it's terrible. They're fucking awful. They downgraded. They got rid of the best, arguably the best, voted the best coach, the coach of the year. I mean, I I prefer Brad Stevens, but that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother time. But, well, he did win the award, and he did take that team to their first ever one seed. So it's like, yeah, I can kind of see it. Dwayne Casey's a great coach, and he's in Detroit now. And uh, we may have some visitors from Detroit on the show soon. We want to talk to them about that hiring and things. But uh, that's something that we can really dive into is, will Dwayne Casey make a big difference? Who knows? But I, I don't like this trade for Toronto. I really don't. I like – Here's the only thing I like that Toronto did hey, out of this. You trade. know, you know who else does? You know who else doesn't? Nobody. Kawhi Nobody Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard doesn't Kawhi like Leonard it either. Kawhi Leonard doesn't like it. Demar Derozan didn't like it. Nobody likes the trade. <laughs> Nobody won this trade. Everybody's pissed. Yeah. Here's here's the one thing that Toronto was able to do that I'll give credit to. I'll give them credit. They gave up Derozan. They gave up Jakob Pledel. They did not have to lose Siakam. They did not have to lose Ibaka. They did not have to lose Fred Van Fleet. Credit there. They kept the majority of their very, very deep bench team. So I will give them a head nod and an appreciation that they kept most of the bench together. However, you're getting one year out of this. So it's championship or bust this year, Toronto, and I just don't think you're going to get there. Unless there's something up there that I don't know about. That's just me. I don't think Kawhi is going to stick around. But TR, right now, as I go to our, we have a guest joining us right now, right on time, in fact, is Brian Fonseca from NetsDaily.com. What's up, Brian? Hey, guys. What's going on? Uh, All right, you Brian. Know, talking, about that, talking about that trade that happened today with Kawhi Leonard that, you know, like one news outlet reported on, you know, nobody's talking about it really, so we thought we'd, we'd bring it <laughs> to lead off here. <laughs> But, yeah, I woke up to that news. I woke up to that yeah, news. Yeah, I did too. I, was like, I tweeted out. I remember tweeting out because, you know, you wake up, you, you kind of rub your eyes, your eyes are crusty, 
or you're laying in bed, you're scrolling through Twitter, and I'm like, what the hell did I just wake up to? <laughs> that he was going, I saw his Kawhi and Raptors jerseys and things like that, and I was just like, wow, all right, so I guess this actually happened. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, uh, it was a strange trade. Yeah, it was definitely strange. It was, um, I, I, I don't know what to make of it really yet. Uh, but you know, I don't think I don't think either party, as in Demar Derozan or Kawhi Leonard, is very happy about that. That's for damn sure. <laughs> it's the first <laughs> trade I've ever seen. It's the first trade I've ever seen where everybody is pissed. And you're right, but with Kawhi Leonard, it's like, why you're going to Toronto? From what I hear, I haven't been there yet. I do plan on going at some point. From what I hear, Toronto's a pretty good city. Like it's a cool city. Like. <laughs> You know, and you're in the East. You get to avoid, you know, LeBron. <laughs> like, get that dual citizenship. I, 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 I get that free health care, man. Yeah. 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 I mean, look. Find me up. deal with certain things there that you have to deal with here in America. <laughs> and they have a very diehard fan base up there, almost like San Antonio, uh, Toronto. And he, you can go hang out with Drake. Dude, come on. Drake's yeah. cool. Yeah. I'm white. I don't yeah, know anything just... about it, but, you know, he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Drake kind of crosses over, you know what I mean? But yeah, with, with, I was going to say. With, yeah, with, but with Kawhi Leonard, it's like, yeah, you're going to Toronto, which is still a big city. This is the best that they've ever been in terms of, like, this run that they're on of just consistently quality basketball. And, you know, now you're going to be at the forefront. He's the best player in the East now. <laughs> Like, think about that. He's the, he's the, if he's healthy, if he comes back healthy and he goes back to where he was before, uh, which you have, always have to account for, may not be the case right away, but he's the best player, if not the second best player in the East right now on paper. I'm going to say this. If he is the same as he was before, and that's, that's tough, maybe I agree with mm-hmm. you. But right now, I, from what I've, the attitude and everything else I've seen, I don't know. I would take I would take Greek Freak over him right now. Uh, probably Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving healthy. I would take him over Kawhi at this moment. Of course, I'm talking right well, now. Kyrie Irving not talking about since he was in high school. That's <laughs> so. true. Very true. But I'm still I'm just talking about if Kawhi has this attitude. This kind of attitude can kill a team. I don't Wait, care how do good. We, you do are. we do we do we actually know if he's had an attitude? He hasn't said anything. <laughs> like I don't. Yeah, that's that's kinda, I don't. Re- that's, you know that's part I mean? of the problem. I don't really know. That's kind of where. Go ahead. Finish. Yeah, no, I, I was just gonna say, like, I know, I know, you know, the reporters are doing their due diligence and things like that. But it's kind of weird because, like, it, we don't. We, it, with LeBron, we kind of have an idea of how he thinks. He's done this before. These free agency runs. You know what I mean? Like, we kind of know a little bit more. With Kawhi, we don't know nothing. Like, we don't know anything. Because he's never said – the only time I've heard him talk before was when he got the finals MVP trophy and he yelled something and he had to do the interview with – I think it was Doris Burke. That was it. Yeah, that was where – that was our uh, opening segment. I was ranting on Kawhi's both mental and physical status. And for me, I can just come out and say it because I don't technically cover the game for a, a news organization. We just do what we do here. I think mm-hmm. he's batshit crazy. And I don't want to batshit crazy Kevin Durant or batshit crazy LeBron James or batshit crazy Greek Freak or anybody on my team until they're dealing with the issues. Now, um, 
it's not just based on looking at a TV and seeing that the guy doesn't speak. That's a little odd. That's a little red flag to me. But we talk to guys that cover the Spurs, and we haven't heard one come out and say he's batshit crazy as easily as I did. But uh, the uh, old, what's yeah, that movie? I, what's what's that movie quote? I hear things. <laughs> well, we hear <laughs> things, and if if his leg's injured, or if it's not injured, or if it's partly injured, or he didn't want a Isaiah Thomas situation where he played himself into injury, uh, career risking injury, whatever the case may be. When you got that uncle, it's almost the equivalent to me, um, and this is just my opinion, of an old-school puppeteer with his hand in the man's back. It does not – if he could shake loose of that uncle at the border and just be him again and just be a hard-working defensive juggernaut who can play the game, then maybe I'll say it's good. But right now I think Toronto – I mean, excuse me, San Antonio got a steal if uh, – if indeed he decides to sit out or whatever his uncle tells him to do, and they get DeMar DeRozan down there. That's just my opinion. I also think on that same note that Toronto getting Danny Green is important also. Like, I think, you know, getting Danny Green, who's obviously a two-way player, 3 and D guy, and obviously very effective from three, I think that's going to help them a lot too. So I I think it was actually a pretty good trade for both teams. But, I mean, we'll see with Toronto because – it doesn't sound like they're going to be able to keep him long-term as of now, but they do rid themselves of that crazy DeMar DeRozan contract, which they were probably going to want to trade at some point down the line anyway. See, I'll argue the Danny Green point. Danny Green's stats are not impressive like they were. Uh, Danny Green Danny Green in 2014, when he really started coming into his own, was a double-digit per game scorer. Great field goal percentage at 43, almost 44%. He has consistently dropped. His minutes have not. He has dropped in production value. He's down to not even nine points a game, and you're supposed to be a three-point shooting threat. Now, granted, he does knock down. He's a 30, 36% three-point shooter last season. He, maybe he could help in his role, but I don't think he – them getting him, I liked uh, I liked Jakob Plato better for this Toronto team mm-hmm. because he fits more in what they do. Um that's just me, though, because I think Danny Green is, as a product of this trade, I don't care for Danny Green. Um, I think well, he I, is I, not what he used to be. Yeah. yeah. No, that's fair. But I think in this league, you know, you need shooters at the end of the day. Danny Green, I, I, I think he'll probably have somewhat of a lesser role. Like, he, pro- he probably doesn't start on this Raptors team. And well, with I that, he'll probably – Yeah. <laughs> he probably doesn't start on this Raptors team. And with that, you're hoping that, hey, maybe with less time, you're able to, you know, try to find him in the corner more, try to find him for more open threes. And he still defends. He still defends well. I think his defense has probably gotten better, I would say, because I remember when he came up, he wasn't really known for his defense. And then all of a sudden, he started getting a reputation. Not that he's a stopper or anything, but we know he's formidable on a defensive end. So I do think that's a that's a nice piece, you know, given – I mean. I, I, I didn't even know that this trade was going to happen. I don't think any of us knew that this trade was going to happen as of uh, a couple days ago or so. I don't remember when did this rumor start, like, kind of going around. But, you know, I'm still kind of surprised and recovering from hearing that news. <laughs> yeah, I, I personally, this is TR, I, I disagree with Nate a little bit on Green because the one positive when I saw Danny Green's name connected was – He's been there, done that, and Toronto hasn't. And uh, 
Mm-hmm. I think when it comes around playoff time, you, you need a guy like that who psychologically is just going to make your team better and maybe hitting that key shot. Um, so I don't have a problem with Danny Green. I'm just very suspect on Kawhi Leonard's mental and physical state until until that clears up. I'm just a little bit bewil- – I just put it this way. Kawhi Leonard is obviously a great player, but it seems like the media and everybody talking about it still thinks he is – the third best player in the NBA and you can't just take a year and a half off of doing something, no matter what your field is and just jump right back in and be LeBron and Kevin. Unless you're it's Michael just, Jordan. Well, <laughs> right. Right. I was, there's I was an exception. Somebody, yeah. Yeah. I was talking to somebody about that recently who, who's a Knicks fan and they were telling me about Porzingis and they expect him to be, you know, great again. And I was like, Hey, I mean, you know, he has chicken legs and he tore his ACL whatever. And he's probably right. going to miss this entire season. By the time he gets good again, or he's supposed to be good again, you're going to have to be giving him a new contract because he's yeah. a product of that 2015 draft. And he's yeah. somebody who's going to be a restrictive free agent after this season, just like D'Angelo Russell, just like Rondé Hollis Jefferson, just like, you know, the bulk of that 2015 class. And you're going to want to obviously keep him to an extension and with that, he's going to come back the next season and he's not going to be the same. And then in 2020, 2021, the second year of what's supposed to be a max contract, you don't know if he's ever going to be the same again. So I agree with Kawhi. You, you don't know where he's going to be necessarily. I'm, I, I don't even remember, like, the injury being that severe because people were talking about that he was holding out and just didn't want to come back. So maybe it just wasn't as bad and he'll, you know, play himself into shape quicker unless he's been working out already and he's in shape right now, I have no idea. Yeah. Well, we know Nick fans are kind of, you know, upstairs a little bit. So, <laughs> so we'll just – Upstairs is good. Upstairs is very good. <laughs> so we'll just uh, – we'll leave it at that. But let's let's talk about the Nets here that we uh, – that's who we brought you on to talk about, believe it or not. Uh, the Brooklyn right. Nets are – one of the most interesting teams in the league right now, in my opinion, with what they're doing. Um, because it's obvious this year they are not going to be the best team in the league, and they know that. Uh, right. they're, they are preparing to make a free agency run in 2019 because, as you mentioned, you know, Alan Crabb is a, has a player option. Damari Carroll is a free agent in 2019. D'Angelo Russell is a restricted free agent. Ed Davis is a free agent. Hollis Jefferson is restricted. Spencer Dinwiddle, or Dinwiddie, excuse me, is a free agent. Kenneth Faree, Darrell Arthur, all these. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I mean, there's some good players here that are free agents, but they're all going to be their contracts will be up. There's a possibility that Brooklyn is going to be like L.A. and has the potential to sign two players. Now, there's going to be a lot of good free agents coming up in 2019. What do you think, Brooklyn? Mm-hmm. Who do they really have their eyes on? Is it Clay Thompson? Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, who's it going to be? Who are they trying to really go after and get? Or Kawhi Leonard even. You know, I, yeah, I can't, I can't really tell right now. What I can say is this, that you're expected to, at this point, move into 2019 if you're the Nets with only six players under contract, being John and Musa, uh, Couric, who they both drafted, uh, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, assuming they pick up their team options, which, you know, presumably they will. Uh, Alan Crabb, assuming he picks up his player option, and then there's Joe Harris, who they resign. That's it. That's all the that's that's who they're committed to 
you know, besides like Darren Williams and erroneous things like that, that's who they're committed <laughs> to uh, financially for 2019-20. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, and Spencer Dinwiddie, those are the big decisions as the guys that are young, that they've helped develop to some degree, D'Angelo Russell's case, but mostly Ronde and Spencer Dinwiddie, they've developed, and guys that are going to be uh, free agents, Dinwiddie, the only one of the three, unrestricted. So they have to make that decision first. Who are you going to keep long-term? Who are you putting your money on? And then from there, it's like, okay, I've heard they, – they've positioned themselves. They've positioned themselves to where they can make a move, say they're a little bit competitive before the trade deadline, not wildly competitive, but if they want to go and try to get a Jimmy Butler and try to take that next step, if they, like, overachieve by February, sure, they could try to make that happen. Or – they can just wait till the free agency uh, period comes, which I assume they'll do. And having all the cap space doesn't necessarily mean you have to go after Kawhi Leonard, who I do think they could get a meeting with because the Sean Marks and Spurs ties and things like that, even though those Spurs ties don't sound really good with Kawhi Leonard right now. But I do think that they'll be able to have options, and that's the most important thing, because that could include a trade where you can eat a lot of salary, but instead of taking in a salary dump, you're getting a really good player instead, like Jimmy Butler. So, you know, it just gives them a lot of options. But I I do expect that next summer is where we're going to see the quote-unquote big move. Just no clarity as to what that is now since we're so far ahead. And this team is hard to predict. (laughs) Yeah, I – being a Philly guy, I'm from Philly, and uh, Big Nate over there, he's from West Virginia and a T-Wolves fan – don't ask because I can't explain. He will. But uh, <laughs> I uh, coming from Philly, right down, literally right down the road, about 15 minutes from me, is Rondé Hollis Jefferson. He came from Chester High School. He was a standout here. Yeah. Then went yeah. on to Arizona and played with, you know, one of my favorite scrappy Sixers, T.J. McConnell. Um, mm. Tell me, Tell me about that guy because – you know, from what I knew of when he was a young buck, he still is rather young compared to me um, and relatively right. in his career. But what a good guy. I mean, I think the first thing he did was bought his mom uh, some, a house or just he took care. His mom was his whole thing. And he just everything from character, uh, well-spoken, class act. I, I mean, I think he's got a bright future, too, because he's only been in a couple of years. And I think he's got – I think it's all up. I might be a homer, but tell me about uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Well, it's – I'm with you on the character thing. He's actually one of my favorites to interact with on that team, right up there with, like, Spencer Dinwiddie, probably Jeremy Lin before he was traded. Uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson is a great dude, seemingly. Um, he, You know, he was doing things in Africa last year. They named the gym, I think, at his high school, in fact, after him. Uh, he's been doing other yeah. things in the community – he does things back at home, but, you know, as a player, obviously this is a big year for him that he's coming into, and with him, it's like they moved him, because remember, coming out of the draft, he was somebody who was labeled shooting guard, small forward, and last year, no, not even last year, before last year, in the second season, 2016-17, they converted him midway through the year or so to power forward, which is something Kenny right. Atkinson, you know, liked, a look that he liked, so he kept doing it, and last year he started at power forward for, you know, virtually the entire season. So now it's a matter of can he get that three-point shot? 
I feel like he's a consistent three-point shot away from a big contract. Not like a huge max contract, but a right. nice, you know, a nice long-term deal for a player that's that can play the three or the four. Because if he gets a three-point shot, you could play him at the three or the four, even the small ball five maybe. And he's somebody who he was the second most improved player on that team last year after Spencer Dinwiddie because he went from eight. Uh, nine points a game, as a matter of fact, just about nine points a game to averaging about 14. And at one point he was leading the team with like 15 and something uh, when D'Angelo Russell was out. Uh, you know, his rebounds were up, his assists, his passing got better. He started, you know, making more plays. And obviously he was challenged more defensively playing the four, but this is a big, big year for him, man. So he's, he, he's a three-point shot away from playing himself into the next future plans. That's how I look at it. Because if he cool. doesn't develop a three-pointer, I, I find it hard to believe that they'll commit to him long-term. But he'll go, he'll be somewhere because he's a good player. He's a good player. Good to hear. I'm pulling for that guy. He's a great guy. Yeah, he he's a solid player. Um, now another another player that you guys have who is a restricted free agent next year, D'Angelo Russell. Uh, kind of mm-hmm. being in L.A. He was kind of. <laughs> kind of in the limelight, kind of went under the radar last year. What can you tell us about his performance in Brooklyn so far? Uh, and do they? Do you think they'll plan on keeping him? Well, I do know that they do like him. They've, they do like him. You know, he does work hard and things like that. I'm just nervous about, you know, his legs, the injuries. He's had knee injuries the last couple of seasons. He hasn't played a full season since only his rookie season. Uh, But he's somebody like, if you look at the numbers, they'll kind of fool you. And what I mean by that is last year, if you look at the end of the season, it very much looks like what he did with the Lakers when he was playing much, much better. And he had the keys, so to speak, because Jeremy Lin got hurt, ruptured his Achilles the very first game of the season. Then after that, it was pretty much D'Angelo Russell's team. And we didn't see Spencer Dinwiddie take that step until D'Angelo Russell uh, got hurt. Well, we actually saw him start to play better right before that. And then he got hurt, and then the keys were his, so to speak. So with D'Angelo Russell, before he got hurt last year and tore, um, what is his meniscus. And he was out for two months. Before that, he was averaging 21 points and six assists per game, which that's all-star level quality numbers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And when he came back, the reason his numbers dropped off so much to where he was back to 15 and five or four even is because – it took a while because they brought him back two months later. He took a while to get going, wasn't playing very much in the beginning, had to play his way back into the rotation, had to play his way back into the starting lineup. And then after that, you know, the numbers just kind of drop off because he's not putting the same, uh, not getting the same opportunities as he was before. Then later in the year, you start to see, you know, him have the better performances. So he's somebody who has, you know, all the ability. It's just a matter of, can he stay healthy? Can he keep the turnover rate down? And can he show what he showed coming out of Ohio State, which is, you know, that future star potential? Could he start to show that this season uh, for a consistent period of time? Yeah, you, you guys got um, – are uh, from Philadelphia, you got um, Nick Stauskas, who's already been moved, and Jaleel Okafor. Um, this is just for my personal benefit and for our Philly listeners. Um, how were they up, like up down here? Nick Stauskas just could never 
seemed to – it never worked for some reason. And right. uh, Okafor has been, you know, the more prominent nationally story. And, and you know, they benched him for a while until they could move him, and you guys were the, the, the suitors that ended up grabbing them both. Um, did you see any kind of, uh, I guess, character development or maturity – on either of them, uh, especially Okafor, because I, I still think he has something to offer. I think he, mm-hmm. he just uh, maybe was a little bit – maybe I'm naive just because I liked him coming out of college, but um, I just think he was a little bit not ready for the NBA. Uh, am I wrong there? You, you saw him more personally and up close than I did. Did he, uh, did he show any uh, locker room uh, maturity or anything of that nature? Well, it's, it's tough because last year he wasn't – like, it didn't seem that they were fully on board with, hey, let's actually see what this guy could do for an extended period of time. And there will be games here and there where he'll play a bit. But, you know, after his one – after his first game, I think it was at Toronto, actually, circling back to that, he played, like, 20, 22 minutes. He scored, like, 10 points or something like that. And then he didn't play again for a month, which – was relate to us in the media as a mutual sort of, hey, you know, I need to, speaking for Jaleel, I need to get in basketball shape. And then that's sort of agreed. So he did that because, you know, he missed, he was on the bench for Philly. So he hadn't gotten, and then when he got into shape, he wasn't really playing that much either. Like he was playing a bit. The fans wanted to see what he could do because he does have so much talent. And he's somebody who came in from Duke as arguably you know, the top player in that draft before that. It was a debate about him or Carl Anthony Towns. Minnesota ended up making the right decision. So with Jaleel Okafor, with Nick Stauskas, it's tough to say, but I didn't get the impression that they were going to, you know, get a whole lot out of Brooklyn anyway. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't surprise me all that it looks like both of them. Well, Stauskas has already gone to Portland, and it doesn't surprise me that Jaleel Okafor, one, probably isn't going to come back in two, you know, posted a video, or not him, but Miles Reynolds, a high school teammate of his, posted a video of Jaleel Okafor working out recently where he's he looks thin. He looks like he's in better shape. He's hitting jump shots. I feel like this is some level of strategic, you know, marketing, if you want to call it that, where he's trying to say, hey, I can play this perimeter brand of basketball that the Nets and that Philly and that you people don't think he could play. I think he's trying to do that. And I do, I agree. I think he has something to offer. I just don't know where. And I feel like until kind of like Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, until he gets a jumper, I'm not sure, you know, where we're going to see that. Cool. That video, that video could have took a month to make, uh, editing. (laughs) It's like, Hey, Jaleel made four jump shots in a row. It only took him three hours. All right. Good job, buddy. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. Like, Come on, I, I, he's I, not Mark Helfer. I legitimately, I legitimately don't know, but it's you know, I, I didn't. The Nets, what did they really want? What did they really want out of that deal? Was they knew they had to move Booker. He was a free agent, and they wanted to get some sort of asset in the in the form of a draft pick. And then obviously they had to take back salaries, so they were like, hey, let's take two flyers on two young guys and see what's up. And now we obviously know like they they still have the second round pick from that deal, but you know, these two other guys are going to be gone. Yeah. Well, the Nets have a lot that they can do, uh, especially this season's probably not going to be one of the, the banner years for Brooklyn, in my opinion. So, sorry, Brian, I don't want to rain on your parade, but and I just oh, don't not, see it know, being. People, 
people people mistake this all the time. I'm not a Nets fan. I cover them for Nets daily. There's a distinction there ah. that needs to be noted. Uh, I don't have get... an NBA team. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm about to say, really please don't NBA be a Nick team. fan after the comment I just made earlier. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, me pers- like I'm a, I'm just a New Yorker. I would like to see both teams do well. I grew up watching a lot of Nick games because they were interesting at times, and you know. People like to see cars crashing and things like that. That's entertaining to them. Uh, <laughs> Where that'd then, be the place to see one is in the New York Knicks organization. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I grew up going to and watching a lot of net games also because my older brother is a net fan and a season ticket holder, was a season ticket holder for 11 years. So, you know, I just grew up, like, watching both teams a lot. Uh, they were the two local teams, so on and so forth. But, uh, yeah, look, I'll be fine. I do expect that they'll be better than the last two seasons. I mean, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, my personal opinion is Coach Fizz and uh, Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, and that big if on Porzingis, and they still got Canner. They got some good big boys. So, I, you know, I, th- I think they might be okay. And that's coming from a Sixers fan. I'm not allowed to say that. So, <laughs> But I think the Knicks will end up okay. Yeah, I think I think both teams are going in the right direction. I think the Knicks uh, may have their first competent front office now that they've had uh, probably since I was a baby. So right on. See. <laughs> and with the Nets, they've proven that they have a competent front office. Now it's like I was having this discussion with some other reporters today. It's like who, it, it, people don't care about like you know playing for the Knicks and. You know, that kind of thing. It doesn't have that same sort of allure that people in New York wants to think that it has. But I do feel like between the two teams, the one that's going to get what they want first is just going to be the team who wins. Like, I feel like players care about winning. Players care about financial stability. Players care about, you know, uh, winning culture and just culture in general. Uh, We know they care about loyalty, according to DeMar DeRozan today. So we'll ultimately see with both those things. (laughs) Yeah, cool. Well, Brian, thank you for giving us so much of your time and coming on here and talking the Nets with us. And uh, we definitely want to have you back on uh, eventually here on the show, talk some more Brooklyn Nets. Uh, if you want, let our listeners know where they can find you online. Yeah, so uh, obviously thanks for having me. Uh, you know, we'd definitely come on again. Really like the name, by the way, Wide Man Can't Jump. I really laughed at thank that you, when sir. I first saw it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so you guys can find me at Brian Fonseca NY. That's B R Y A N F O N S E C A, where I have my own podcast, the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, which we're going to start doing again next week. We've taken a couple weeks off to just handle some things, uh, but we're going to be back with that. And then, you know, there's obviously Nets Daily coverage, there's local sports coverage, a uh, lot of jokes, <laughs> you know, and some on camera reporting and, you know, a bunch of just New York City stuff that I do. Cool. Well, that's great, man. Thank you again for coming on. We'd love to have you back sooner rather than later. Yep, yep. Have a good night, guys. You too. Uh, Have a good summer. All right, that was Brian Fonseca from NetsDaily.com. TR, let's go ahead and uh, let's pay our first bill of this episode, shall we? Personal injury, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, all these things and more 
can be helped by new law office. Stephen P. New will fight for you and your rights. Mr. New, what is there to do if you're in an automobile accident? When car wrecks happen, insurance is always involved. Did you know that in West Virginia, we have the highest percentage of uninsured and underinsured motorists driving on our highways? That means that when you're in a car wreck, your attorney needs to know how to work with your insurance company to maximize the compensation that you'll receive. If you've been in a car wreck, call me, Stephen P. New. For your free consultation, call 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com. Stephen P. New will fight for you to get you where you need to be. He's a proud sponsor of our program, and Mr. New is a stand-up national and local attorney. Stephen P. New, Attorney at Law, answers to your legal questions. All right. Our big shout-out to our sponsors, Law Offices of Stephen P. New, newlawoffice.com. So, TR, there is uh, some rumors uh, blowing up online. I, I like to keep my uh, I like to keep my finger on the pulse of the NBA as we record and as we go live here on the show. Um, there is a trade brewing potential talks here. Uh, the rumor is that the Thunder are possibly looking to move Carmelo Anthony and get back in return Dennis Schroeder from the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, it says here, uh, this is a Mitch Lawrence report, Oklahoma City, Atlanta, and trade talks with Thunder targeting Dennis Schroeder, Mike Muscola. Per sources, Mello would go to Atlanta with the Hawks doing a buyout. Atlanta is looking to asset, add asset to make Mello's buyout a wash. Getting rid of Schroeder is a number one priority for the Hawks. So if that happens, Mello becomes an unrestricted free agent, can go where he wants, um, okay. and then you have Schroeder coming over to Oklahoma City to pair up with George and Westbrook. So that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um it's it's been quite obvious and we've been trying to figure it out and I think uh both of us have agreed that we like OKC as like a uh as a secondary team of our own because of their old school way of keeping the team together. Yeah. And yeah. they needed to get they they needed to get rid of that money and if if I'm understanding you correctly, uh, uh trading him that way will that still get chopped down that yeah. that salary yeah, issue? Yeah, if he if they get rid of Mello, that would save them over the course of time $150 million if they get rid of Mello. Wow. They're still going to be over the luxury tax, but but that would save them a huge chunk of change. Save money and get a guy who, motivated and healthy, can be an all-star. That's pretty cool. Oh, Dennis Schroeder's a great player. I think he is so undervalued. He just doesn't want to be in Atlanta anymore because he feels he's ready to win now, and Atlanta's not. And they just drafted Trey Young, right. so he basically sees his his days are numbered in Atlanta. And I and I don't blame him, honestly. I would want to get out of there too if you know you got limited time. Um, and if they can pull this trade off, Schroeder, this starting lineup, you could have Schroeder, Westbrook, George, Stephen Adams, Nerlens Noel, pretty solid starting lineup in Oklahoma City, if you ask me. Interesting. Didn't they get somebody else too? They signed Raymond Felton. Uh, they re-signed him. He's still there. Uh, let they me look. Something. Let me... They re- uh, 
Let me just destroy. I was thinking somebody might be in that Noel spot, move Adams to the five. Well, maybe. I mean, that's a possibility. I could, be, um, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm trying to think of who they got. Let me look here. I got to look at my free agency. I know. List I know they re-signed Jeremy Grant. Yeah, that was a, that was a big re-signing for them. He's going to help anchor their bench. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Let me look it up here. Uh, we always try to keep up with everything here, so I'm checking it out. Uh, Nick Collison retired. So that was a transaction that, that was made. Uh, from the looks of things, I don't think they, other than re-signing George and Grant, I think that's it. They re-signed George and Grant. They could make this move. They signed Nerland's Noel. Um, I'm not sure, honestly. I think that's it. It looks like that looks like the only move Noel. that they made. Noel, considering he's playing basically for his career now, since he messed up in a, in a number of ways, uh, yeah, maybe he'll take this as an inspiration and and George and Russell getting in, up in his ass if he you know shows up with a couple different chicks and you know failed drug tests and so forth. So yeah, yeah maybe he's he the kind of guy. There. He he's the kind of guy that um. He's going to be a good rim protector. He's not going to be what everyone expected. He could eventually get there if motivated. And if you need motivation, damn it, Oklahoma City will motivate you. They are one of the hardest working teams in the NBA. And I think it's more player motivated than coaching motivated. Could you imagine if if Tom Thibodeau had the roster of workers that Oklahoma City has? God. Yeah. They they would be practicing five minutes before game time. They would be out on the court running sprints and and practicing. It'd be ridiculous. <laughs> I've seen uh, I seen Noel one time before he ever stepped foot on the Sixers court in in a game with two girls, one on each arm, one black, one white, at the airport. Just and it wasn't no damn team function. He was just chilling. <laughs> he was enjoying life. Huh? Oh, yeah, well, so uh, no, no shade from me. So can't say I wouldn't do nah. the same. But uh, uh, good for him. Uh, yeah, I suppose yeah, good so. for him. But um, you know we and thanks again, Brian, for coming on, uh, talking with us here on the show. And we've got so much more to discuss. Um, but I talked a little bit earlier with Mitchell Moore of Family. On Twitter, he has twenty thousand followers. Talks about everything in the league you could you could think of. Um, if you want, Tr, we'll go ahead and play my conversation of that, and then me and you can discuss some of the things that he and I talked about because we talked about a lot of things that me and you need to talk about. Is that cool? No problem. Let's hear Mitch. All right. Here's my talk with Mitchell Moore. I'm here joined right now by Mitchell Moore. He's an NBA sports writer and editor at Fanley. Mitchell, man, thanks for jumping on with me. Hey, no problem, no problem. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, Just breaking today, uh, Kawhi Leonard has been traded to the San Antonio Spurs for DeMar DeRozan, and there was a package deal made. Um, I've seen a little bit of it. 
like there's a protected pick there from the Raptors, but the big that's the big news. What do you think about the trade the Raptors made? You know, I think it's a very um, high-risk, high-reward kind of thing for the Raptors, but ultimately I think we have to pay attention to what the Spurs just did with getting a loyal four-time four all-star DeMar, DeRoz- DeMar DeRozan just because his loyalty along with Jakob Poto, who's a nice um, bench center, you know, Greg Popovich kind of hit the gold mine, I think, with that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Popovich definitely did. Um, you get rid of Kawhi Leonard, who was unhappy, said he was leaving, and you get DeMar DeRozan, who's got three years left on his deal. The Raptors, I assume, think they're going to be able to sign uh, Kawhi Leonard, re-sign him, even though it is being reported that he has absolutely no interest in playing in Toronto. But then again, right. you know, we all thought that uh, Paul George was walking at the end of the year as well to go to the Lakers and look what he did. So I assume they're going to try and win him over. But uh, Especially with the East being sort of uh, a horse race this year, I think, you know, it all depends on how well they play together and really ultimately what happens this year and not in the postseason. Yeah, and uh, maybe Kawhi, uh, I've seen some people report that maybe Kawhi will be happier in the East because he doesn't have to go through the Warriors and now – all the right. other teams that are improving. And the West is going to be a just a, a horrible field, while the East, you know, the East is going to be tough, but not as tough as, say, trying to play and win in the Western Conference. Right, right. But do you think this makes uh, San Antonio any better by adding DeRozan, or do you think that he just becomes a piece you know, now? As much of a franchise star as Kawhi is, I think DeMar is a more offensive-skilled player. And with the offensive skills being more superior than the defensive skills, I think that will bring a new look to the Spurs. And I really think ultimately with the Yacopoto and the pick, I think they got generally over overall better on offense and overall. Yeah, I'll have to agree. I think they did. Um, I think they got better on the offensive end. Uh, granted, they lose Kawhi, but again, it was more of a – they got more out of Kawhi now than I thought they were going to get uh, because they yeah. had a really high asking price, and I thought they were just going to have to settle. And they got a all-star who's got multiple years left on a deal, and they've got the Potal, who is a good, like you said, backup center. They unloaded Danny Green, who honestly I think that was a good move to unload him as yeah, well. Yeah, I agree. Be- because he had been underperforming and has been for years. Um, That gives more room now since the drafting of Lonnie Walker. That gives him a little more space to grow, and he can play behind DeRozan. Uh, But DeRozan had an interesting thought on Twitter uh, talking about no loyalty. What do you think about that? Right, well, I've heard reports that he met with the Raptors uh, front office in Vegas a few days before this all happened and they they were telling them reportedly reportedly of course that they were not going to trade him and they will remain as loyal to him as he's remained loyal to them and then breaking news about 3 a.m today and next thing you know he's a spur so 
I don't know. I I find some of those things hard to believe, but you still got to feel for this, feel the empathy and how upset Demar is. Obviously, off social media. So. Yeah, I I think that uh, I think that is something you gotta you gotta look at. And I, I kind of feel for the guy. He he seemed happy in Toronto, but. And you thought, you know, with LeBron leaving the East this year would be the year that the Raptors could get over the hump, maybe make it to the finals. They didn't. They didn't. They have a great team, great bench, and now yeah, they just bench. they throw it all away on a chance to possibly resign Kawhi. Right, and you know, with them making the transitions they did with Dwayne Casey and um, hiring his assistant, which. Dwayne Casey was the coach of the year last year. I think they're ready to make the move. I think part of the reason they they ultimately made this trade is they need a new look, right? Because you knew Lowry or DeRozan was probably going to be gone before, you know, the Nick Nurse era begins. Because I think much like how – other franchises do it. The coaches, the coaches start their new, like Fred Hoiberg with the Bulls. How he started the new lineup despite having to blow up the entire team. So you know that's kind of something you got to keep in mind that with the new head coach at the Raptors, there's always gonna, there's ultimately going to be a humongous difference there. Yeah. Well. That's going to be something that we'll look at further. And the Raptors gave up a protected one through twenty first round pick. So at worst, they're only going to lose two second rounders um, out of this. Because let's be honest here, we doubt the Raptors are finishing in the top in the bottom. You know, they're, they're going to be a top tier team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no doubt will. about that. So I don't think they have to worry about losing a pick. So, uh, but no. they add Danny Green, who's a good shooter, but I, he just wasn't functioning well in San Antonio. Maybe with a better point guard like Kyle Lowry, who's younger, he can create yeah. more shots. I don't know. Fred Van Fleet, they get to keep Fred Van Fleet. They keep Siakam, and they keep mm-hmm. Valanciunas. They they really kept a lot. The, the Spurs didn't get as much as maybe they potentially could have, but they the, the Spurs still were able to get – rid of Kawhi and get a star player. So I thought that was a good move right. by, on both sides, really. I, I ultimately like that move as well. All right. Well, looking around the league, we see so many teams now looking to to make their case to get better. You know, the Wizards have had a good off season. The Pacers have had a good off mm-hmm. season. Who do you think, other than, I'm going to say other than Golden State, and Los Angeles because clearly those are the two that everybody's going to lean to for the best off season. Right. Who do you think has been or had the best off season thus far? Ultimately, I think ultimately I think that the Indiana Pacers have had a phenomenal off season just with the three signings they've had with um, Doug McDermott, three years, twenty two million. Tyreek Evans on a short-term deal, and uh, Kylo Quinn. Those are three really, really good signings on top of them losing no one. I think that's a really good push for them to make a really big difference in the East next year. Yeah, I mean that that's a pretty good that's a pretty good haul for them, and I think Indiana has a legitimate chance now of, 
of getting to the finals for the first time since the Reggie Miller days. Um, because right. the East, you, you know, you see the Celtics. Obviously, the Celtics are the favorite. I like, I like the Celtics. And um, the Sixers, the Sixers haven't impressed me with their offseason moves. They haven't really done much to to get Especially better. Especially the draft night. The draft night where yeah. they, they traded away Michael Bridges and Kyrie Thomas. I was really, really shocked because those are two 3D players I thought they could really use. Yeah, I did not like the trade that they made. They they get Zyri Smith, who's an athlete, and he plays well, but it almost seemed like they were trying a very to... Big, he's a very big... I think he's a very 50-50. He's either going to be very, very good or very, very bust. And I don't think they ha- you have that with Kyrie Thomas and Michael Bridges, which you know were going to be great players. Yeah, I thought Mikael Bridges fit in perfectly in Philly. I thought that would be the guy that you can – he's going to come back and he's going to play with those young guys and he's going to, he's going to do the defense, he's going to score the threes, and that's two things you don't have a lot of right now. I didn't like right. that move. Uh, and here they lose Bellinelli and Ilyasova, the two guys that helped make them better um, down the stretch when they went on that big winning streak. They have added mm-hmm. Reddick back, but at a lesser rate. And Reddick is Reddick. He's going to do what Reddick does. Um, right. And they only, other than that, they, they get Nemanja Bialica, who has refused to play with him. He's going back to Europe now. Yeah. After that report yeah, has come out, that. so the Sixers, honestly, know, to me, it, the Sixers have gotten worse. And along with uh, having a worse offseason, I believe the worst team, the worst offseason of the year, definitely goes to the Houston Rockets. Oh, 100%. It's not even close. Like Their no, offseason has been putrid. With, I mean, Capella... It scares me how he still hasn't had an agreement or even rumors of an agreement. I've heard he's denied their first offer, which was July 1st. Yeah, I heard he got offered $60 million, um on a four-year deal, and he turned it down. Uh, he thinks he's yeah. a $100 million player, and in my opinion, he's not worth $100 million. If he thinks he mm-hmm. is, that's great, but I just don't think he's worth that much money. That's just my you opinion. Know when- when you play with James Harden and Chris Paul and you're an athletic center, you're going to get quite the numbers boost compared to playing elsewhere. So I think you need to realize that the Rockets, he's a key piece into the Rockets, and I don't think there's anywhere else to go, especially this year, that would be worth trying to commit to another team or ruining what he has at the Rockets right now. Yeah, and, and I, I get that. Um, but the Rockets offseason has been awful. But uh, one addition that a team made this offseason that I was very impressed with was uh, the Chicago Bulls. They added Jabari Parker to a two-year $40 million deal. Now, maybe that was a little bit out of the wheelhouse of the Bucks. They rescinded their offer, allowed Parker to go. Uh, Parker has been hurt throughout his career. But if he's healthy, I think this could be a great move for his career going to Chicago. What do you think? I think it's a great move for both Jabari and the Bulls. The Bulls are 
probably the most underrated team in terms of their young core, especially with Wendell. Now they have Marketing, Valentine, Portis. I tweeted about this a few days ago, and I was just, I really just looked on, on just on paper, let alone watching them. They are a great young core, and with Fred Hoiberg, I'm excited to see what they can do. Yeah, they add Jabari Parker to go along with the big um, Zach Levine signing. The big I don't know if he was worth the contract they gave him, but they have faith in him. Um, so they, they re-signed Levine. They, they have Portis, as you said, and they drafted well with Wendell Carter. Uh, he looks like he's going to be a great player for the future. So Chicago, within the next two or three years, could be – the team of the future, especially in the East, and yeah, they could be really I, knocking on the door. I definitely agree because with such a great young core and having a deep young core, I mean, we're not talking about two, three players. We're talking about six to seven, five to six. So, you know, that's that's the kind of core that gets free agents to come along with the great city of Chicago. So people got to realize that young cores are the bait of – big free agents nowadays. You look at LeBron, he's the best example of this offseason. Yeah, and LeBron going to L.A. I think is a setup to uh, things to come, especially next year. I think LeBron is going to be the guy who he's out really recruiting hard next year, trying to get which Kawhi is interested in coming, and we don't know if that's going to happen yet or not. We assume it will. But uh, Clay Thompson will be free agent next year, and they signed all these one-year deals this year with Rondo and all these right. guys and JaVale McGee. And we're going to see if LeBron is going to be able to recruit some players. Clay Thompson will be a free agent. Uh, Kawhi's a free agent. Jimmy Butler's a free agent. Kyrie Irving's a free agent. So a lot of a lot of names coming up, and I'll be stunned if Kyrie Irving goes to Los Angeles to play with LeBron. But uh, <laughs> a lot of free yeah, agents coming up. Yeah, 100% on – I agree with you 100% on how this year is definitely a foot in the water, you know, testing the young core and really making the pitch to the free agents next year that this team and the young core, we can really do things still, no matter what, if it's in the West or the East. So I definitely agree with you there, and I definitely know I definitely know LeBron is going to ultimately recruit and I think I really think that they can land a big player next year. Yeah, and of course everybody's going to point to Kawhi as the guy they're going to land, and that's a that's a very good possibility. But who knows what they can pull up with out there? Um, one last thing here, and I'll let you go. How do you think this Lakers team finishes this season? Because they have a lot of young players, a couple veterans. Do you think that? I've seen some people say they're going to be as high as two in the West. I've seen some people say as low as seven. Uh, where do you think the Lakers end up this season um, to when it all when it's all said and done? You know, I don't really think it's more about the Lakers themselves. I think it's the West around them. And you look at the Nuggets, you look at the Jazz, you look at the Thunder. I think – the Lakers will place around four to five seed next year because in my recent projections, I had the Jazz at the two seed and I had the three seed, the Rockets, and the fourth seed, the Lakers, followed by the Nuggets. So I think I think it'll 
be much similar to next year, how we'll have a horse race at the end. And really, I think LeBron plus the young core and a little bit of bench veterans is perfect enough for him to finish fourth in, fourth in the West for sure. Well, Mitchell, I appreciate you giving me you know a little bit of your time here today, and thank you so much for jumping on. Uh, if you can, let our, our listeners know where they can find you on the Internet and read your articles and all that stuff. All right, perfect. My at on Twitter is Mitchell Family, and I post articles from my website and my content. And uh, go ahead and give me a follow and turn on those notifications. Thanks for, for having sure. me. No, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate your insight and your time, and we will hopefully have you back on sooner rather than later. Thank you so much. All right, perfect. Thank you, man. Have a good one. You too. We're back. TR, you still with me, brother? Yeah, you all two taped a little too early in the morning, man. It seemed like you were struggling there, but you made some good points. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a little earlier than normal, but, uh, you know, I got up this morning and actually did a wrestling podcast for Joe uh, Pisapia and, and the boys over at In This Ring. They asked uh, for a little wrestling insight from me, so they recorded this morning at 9.30 uh, Eastern Time, and that's really early for me, so... I got up, did that, laid down, slept for another hour and a half, two hours, and then got up and did my interview with uh, Mitchell. And, uh, yeah, it was a little early, but uh, I I thought there was some good points made. Yeah, I got the Brock Lesnar contract where I can just come in when I want and you do all the dirty work (laughs) like the house shows. You got to get up early in the morning. But uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just busting on you. But uh, I, I mean, it's almost like uh, you guys were reading my uh, diary or something because uh, I totally agree, obviously, with the Sixers. And I am I'm very thankful that the Toronto thing went down, so we didn't get him and we didn't deal Dario because, in my opinion, Dario Saric under Popovich for however long he he decides to coach would develop into a superstar in San Antonio, and we would regret that greatly. Um, as far as Bialicia, I don't know if you saw his his uh, change of tune over the course of the day. Yeah, yeah, um, I have. I was going to bring that up. Uh, but go ahead, since you, you brought it up. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he cited personal reasons and family issues and everything else and wanting to be back home and this, that, and the other to not sign here. Mm-hmm. And then his uh, fellow European uh, European uh, executive, uh, Mr. Devon. I don't know if I said that. I don't know if I said that right. But anyway, you know, y'all know what I mean. Um, an executive from from Europe reached out and and coerced him into allegedly. I don't know if it's a signed deal yet, but to stick around and, and play for the Kings instead which to me is a bad sign, and, and it tells me that everybody around the league is probably whispering, hey, man, first we had this guy who wanted to lose on purpose for five years, and then we had to, the NBA had to uh, nix it and put in another knucklehead who had a five burner accounts just to mess, you know, cut up his team. And then we had Brett Brown at the helm, which is like the inmates running the asylum in the draft and the offseason, 
and offering all kinds of stupid packages and making trades when there wasn't. You both brought it up, the, the draft night trades of, of people that fit your team better, and you got rid of them for potential athletes. I'm tired of potential. I want a guy who can play. You know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's the end goal here. And I have them, like everybody, Celtics and Sixers for the next 10 years. What? You ever watch a Sixers game, you dumb fucks, you national dicks? <laughs> Sixers, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, I could sense it immediately, but I'm glad somebody else reported it. They don't like each other. They both think it's their team. They both got egos 10 times as much as their potential greatness. So that's going to blow up. And when that ends up doing whatever it does, I mean, it didn't kill Shaq and Kobe. It made them more competitive. But I don't see them, those two, similar to those two in that regard. a different era. Different era, too. Exactly. Uh, Today's – Shaq and Kobe grew up in a time when if you thought you were better, you went out and proved it. Now people spend their time just being passive-aggressive and saying mean things on the Internet. Nobody goes out and proves it anymore. Word. That's exactly my point in, in modern terms. But, yeah, um, so you all made good points. Uh, I agreed with the, the draft winners, draft losers, et cetera. Um, the only thing I liked was that we, you know, held on to Landry Schmidt and he busted his ankle up in Summer League. So, but, hey, Well, since, um, since, you, uh, since you bring up Summer League, I'll be honest. I didn't get to watch a lot of Summer League this year. I have been busy, and you have been busy as well. We both got – you know, careers and, and shoot jobs, you know, Hey, if you want us to watch every game of summer league, you pay our bills and by God, we'll park in front of the damn couch together and watch them. But until then, yeah. the shoot job has to work. So uh, if you're listening out there and you want us to cover every game of summer league next year, send money. Uh, but, um, but Josh Hart wins the summer league MVP. So two years in a row, a Lakers player wins uh, the MVP of summer league last year, Lonzo ball this year, Josh Hart. What do you think about Josh Hart? He uh, native uh, played at Villanova, if I'm not mistaken. There you go. Uh, b- big player from Villanova. About. Played really well in summer league. What do you think? I, I, you know, I like him coming out of college. I was surprised that, uh, you know, he 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 was either I think he was what late second round or maybe undrafted and, and invited to the Lakers and made it one or two or. Uh, I forget the exact scenario, but he, he certainly wasn't uh, Lonzo Ball and Kuzma. He was, like, not the upper echelon of their choices. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a solid Villanova-type guy and the new-age Villanova-type guy that uh, can play ball. And I think I, – I, I didn't see – I actually saw a little more towards, towards the end when they were in the actual tournament and the, the single-game elimination deal. And and dude was balling. I, granted, he didn't have the uh, the competition that he will be going against, but certainly made an impression. And uh, good for Josh Hart and Villanova. But really quick, while I'm thinking, the ESPYs were on the, last uh, pick. on the back. He was the last last pick of the first round. Go ahead. Sorry. There you go. The ESPYs were on in the background um, because I'm doing my homework too. I'm not really, but. Uh, I just happened to notice something for our wrestling crossover fans, which is kind of ironic. Uh, mm-hmm. Jim Ross met his met his wife, his late wife Jan, on a flight. Yes, a wonderful with woman. one of his yes, with one of his best friends at the time, Ric Flair. 
Jim Ross is Baker Mayfield. One of you know everybody that comes out of OU, but a lot of that swagger came from Jim Ross. You know, just in his ear talking about sizzle and steak and you know whatever. Um, yeah. And Baker Mayfield just got awarded. Uh, I forget the award, but uh, most dynamic performance or some shit or college athlete or something by none other than Charlotte Flair. So if you can tie that together some spiritual way, then go ahead. But I hmm. think it's pretty cool. They met, he met his wife with Ric Flair, and then Ric Flair's daughter gave one of his favorite players and people an award at the ESPYs. That's it all comes cool. full circle, man. And good good people deserve good things, and Jim Ross is good people as far as I'm concerned. I don't care what reports you've ever yeah. heard. When I met the man, he was nothing but professional, nice, went out of his way to treat everybody with respect. Um, we had a meet and greet and he, you know, he could have easily just came in, did it and left. No, he took time, talked to everybody, shook hands, took pictures, gave autographs to everybody that came in. They even said, okay, Jim Ross, we got to go. He said, no. He said, these people want, you know, these people deserve more time. He did a Q and a, so class act Jim Ross. I don't care what anybody says. If you don't like him, go fuck yourself. Jim Ross is good people as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I was just trying to be nice with a little spiritual action, but so be it. <laughs> he was nice to me. I'll say that. He was always good to me. I, I know a lot of other shows like to pick at him, but I'm a fan, so I'll leave it at that. But, um, you know, TR, there's uh, I was going to bring up the Bealicia move. Uh, Keith Pompey uh, had some a couple snide remarks on that on Twitter. He was a... Uh, so much for the excuse of going home to blow off the Sixers. Um, according to what I heard, they only wanted to offer him a one-year deal, and that was the reason why he didn't want to stay. He wanted a little more security, and apparently the Kings are going to give him that. Uh, I'll be honest with you, Bielicha, Bielicha underperformed uh, as a wolf. Uh, very hesitant on shooting threes, uh, and that seems to be what he stuck with. He's a big guy. Maybe he'll do better in Sacramento, but he's not a big defensive player as most of those European guys are. Was a Euroleague MVP. That's great, but that's why that's another reason I have so much just I think he'll be good, but I have my doubts about Luka Doncic. Man, those Euroleague MVPs, they come over, they don't adapt. Uh maybe Doncic will be different. I don't know. But Bielicha didn't pan out like I hoped. Uh so it's one of those you know, he's kind of traveling to Sacramento to play now, which for the Kings, he may do better. It may fit his style of play more. Well, on 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 the Luca and what two letters does his last name end in? Itch. There you go. He'll be, he'll be just fine. Yeah, he'll be, be just fine. We've established this. <laughs> we we talked about this, but uh. Another free agency signing happened uh, during the week, TR. One Jabari Parker is now on the Chicago Bulls. Um, two years, $40 million. What do you think about that? I was I had some interesting thoughts on that. You go ahead. Well, this echoes what you guys were talking about, too, man. I, I, I put a you know rough draft. I, I kind of forgot about the – and I might switch them with Miami, but I think the Bulls are a playoff team this year with that young core. I think uh, if everybody if everybody stays healthy, man, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, like I agree. They got young guys, so it's going to take a while to, uh, you know, get them all on the same page and whatnot, and 
see who your solid starters are and who your bench players are, but you got eight guys that can play ball, man. And Javari Parker in particular is a number two overall pick. And some would say he was the most talented in that draft, but he busted himself up twice. He was averaging 20 a game for the Bucks when he busted his, busted his knee up the second time. And, uh, you know, all signs are clear that his knee's okay. And if so, I mean, we're talking a number two draft pick that seeming and he, it's his hometown on top of it. I mean, what better could you ask for for 20 mil the way they're throwing money around these days, 20 mil a year. And I think the second year, if I'm not mistaken, is an is like an option year. So, you know, uh, you mentioned Zach Levine and you, you got uh, Markinen and you got uh, uh, Wendell Carter got Jr. Chris, Wendell Carter, Chris, Chris Dunn. Dunn is still there. Uh, they've got some players, man. Like they're starting to re to rebuild that team. Um, there's just there's so many young players on that roster. Um, you know, they still have Robin Lopez. They still have Justin Holiday. They still have Bobby Portis. So the Bulls are not looking terrible come this off season. Uh, they're going to come out. That's going to be to me a team that's probably battling for an eighth seed. Uh, I think so, but. If they get if Parker stays healthy and can play up to his potential, I don't see why they couldn't. I don't I don't see why. Um they they also re signed they signed uh Antonio Blakenley to an NBA deal, so they've added that player to the team. And you're just looking at a team that's they're getting better by addition and they're not going out and signing superstars to come in to win now. They're drafting well. They're adding players that fit what they need and marketing was a good start. Levine is going to do better. I believe coming forward. Um, there's also rumors that they may want to go out and get as a bench player. And you know what, as a bench player, this may make more sense than anything. Maybe they go out and get Jaleel Okafor. Who knows? If Maybe Chicago coming off the bench. If he comes off the bench, I think Jaleel Okafor could be a fantastic asset to the bulls. The Bulls are going to have those bigs down low. They're going to bang in. They're going to have bodies. They're going to bang inside. Your defensive end is where Jaleel lacks. But if he's coming off the bench and guarding those those second tier players and not trying to guard the first tier, that may help him. Um, I think if, I think Chicago should sign him. Maybe see what he can do because you would have you would have a great roster there. Um, the only thing there the Bulls will. are really lacking is a lot of outside shooting. That's going to be their their Achilles heel for now. But, you know, Wendell Carter was a good addition for them. Um, they're going to – they're really going to be do well this year, I believe, my opinion. Me too. I mean, it, it, I don't want to – I don't want to go overboard. Like, when people hear us say do well, we're not talking a 60-win team. But they no, were no, nobody no. last year. And they're going no. to pop if up they were in the West, some... If they were in the West, they'd be bottom of the barrel. But in the yeah. East – Eight seed, not unlikely. Um, yeah. we'll have to. I'll have to look at each team and dissect it a little closer. But there's a possibility. My, in my yeah. as far as I'm concerned, I see them battling anywhere from six to eight once they get their rotation together, health permitting, and everybody knows their role and plays. You know, adapts and plays well together. I but think the beginning the will be a little rough. 
but that's yeah, it. it's going to be rough. Uh, and of course, it all is going to depend on Wendell Carter and how he adapts as well, and if Jabari Parker stays healthy. But if Wendell Carter looks like the player he did in summer league, if Zach Levine is not uh, hurting, you know, if he's if he's healthy, if Jabari Parker's healthy, if Chris Dunn continues to elevate his game, you know, gets better in his environment, if uh, Fred Hoiberg lets these players grow, which he has been. Uh, Markinen has already proved he can be a stud when needed. I don't see why yeah. not. I don't see why this team couldn't compete for a playoff spot. Um, it's a shitload, I think there's, it's a shitload of lottery picks, man. Yeah and, yeah, and the uh, main thing is they're playing for just a playoff appearance. They're not going to beat anybody in the playoffs as far as I'm right, concerned. I right, don't right. see that. But um, – the thing with the East is, look at all the teams, and this is the argument that, that we're making about the Sixers because everybody's all like, the Sixers are going to be, you know, they're already writing in Boston 1, Philly 2. Look at all these teams in the East that have improved in the offseason. Boston, they didn't lose anybody, and Boston was arguably the best team in the East last year. They didn't lose anybody. They, to me, uh, and they're in very, very strict negotiations to re-sign Marcus Smart. So it looks like Smart's going to be a Celtic again. Which is um, a smart move, no pun. Yeah, for sure it is, definitely. They're getting Hayward and Kyrie back, so look out league. And, uh, and Robert the Williams. The Pacers. Yeah, and Robert Williams. Who who has been in trouble? Have you not seen Williams? Is, he has had a rough summer, man. Have you not read read that? I didn't read anything lately, but I know he's had quote-unquote character issues, which uh, contributed to his dropping. Well, he has been having, uh, oh, man. Well, he's got an artery condition, apparently. Oh, that uh, I didn't know. Yeah. It's, it's not a, but apparently it's not a long-term issue from what I've been reading. Um, yeah. It shouldn't be something that affects him. But, yeah, there is a uh, an artery condition. Let me see if uh, it's a tendonitis in his left ankle, and he didn't play in the team's final five. Las Vegas Summer League games. Um, let's see. I'm trying to find because he like had over. He had missed. Uh, he missed summer league practices. He overslept. Missed his flights. Had bad luck all over the place. Uh, so he's been having a rough summer. Maybe it's just coincidence, but you know it always seems to be the guy that everybody talks about with the character issues and like oh here he goes again. Uh, so take that as you will about Robert Williams. Um, but he's been having a rough summer. But any, anyway, back to uh, what I was saying. But, you know, the Boston has stayed the same. Gotten their thing up. Uh, Indiana's probably the best offseason outside of Warriors and Lakers. Best offseason uh, they have And that was the seven last year. I'm getting bad audio there, buddy. Got me now. You got me? We good? Yes. Yes. Okay, sorry. I, I leaned away for a second. Um but the Bucks the Bucks have gotten better. They've added Brooke Lopez, um, and they, they drafted Dante DiVincenzo, who we've had kind of a disagreement on. You think he's he's gonna be the uh fantastic. I think he's got a little ways to go. But I'm I think pulling the that Bucks back in a, I'm pulling that back in a little bit. Okay. I I, I still think he'll be good. But I, I thought he was a sleeper like Donovan Mitchell, and I, the summer league didn't look to show that at all. 
well, it's summer league, so take it with a grain of salt. Uh, if, if you go by summer league last year, then, you know, Donovan Mitchell had no chance against Alonzo Ball. So there you go. But, um, you know, I think the the Bucks have gotten better. They have another gear. They have a solid coach now. Uh, the addition of the coach might be the biggest move they made. So I think Milwaukee's going to be a team that we're talking about late in the playoffs this year. Washington got better. They added uh, Dwight Howard, and I don't care what you say, Dwight Howard is an upgrade over Martin Cortot at that center position. Uh-huh. So Washington's gotten better. Toronto, depending on depending on Kawhi Leonard, we don't know yet. Could have gotten better. Could have gotten worse. At least for this year, if Kawhi Leonard is Kawhi Leonard and healthy, then they got better for this season only. Uh, so there's that. And the Bulls are getting better. The Sixers got worse. Like, they're the only team that got worse in the East this year, as far as I'm concerned. They didn't improve. They didn't add any Come on. real value. Come on, Zaire Smith and fucking Jonah Bolden. You don't see this big splash coming now? Maybe, well, maybe uh, later, I mean, but not this year. Markel, Markel Fultz with his new hairdo and pushing T.J. McConnell's minutes away and away and away and away. The only person – well, <laughs> I'll add Dario to that, who has heart on the team. Robert Covington has heart when he plays defense, if that's what he's focusing on. But he's he's just out there, man. He's, uh, you know, he hits a couple threes and then he'll shoot like 50 of them that are all air. Uh, it's, it's Philly. Philly's going to be like – I hope something changes between now and the beginning of the season. Put it that way, because I mean, now, Philly. Four, I think Philly's going to be good. Not. I think Philly's going to be good, but I don't think they're going to be a two seed. They may if they may stay exactly where they're at, and to say me, that's Joel, not good say, enough. Say Joel Embiid misses uh, two months. Oh, if Joel Embiid misses two months, man. They're they're bottom. They're at the bottom of the. They're in the bottom bottom half of the year in, in terms of. Yeah, they may be back in the lottery if Joel Embiid gets yeah. hurt because yeah. they're really putting all their eggs in his basket. Now, if he's healthy and if Fultz gives somewhat production, we're assuming Fultz is – you never know. If Fultz shows steps of dominance, maybe. Maybe they get up in that top that top echelon again. But I don't know, man. It's going to be – losing Bellinelli and Ilyasov is a bigger blow than what people realize. And – they didn't really add anybody in this offseason to make them better. They lost two players that were very important. Maybe that's just us, though. Now, unless Zyvery Smith comes in and competes for, you know, is better than what we think, um, I picture him more as a project, not as a guy that can play right now. If Mikael Bridges, if Mikael Bridges is on this team, I think I think they're top four in the East, no matter what. But he's not. That's just me. Nope. He's not. He got. He, he like like typical Philly. They got to do stuff just to do stuff. Rep Brown was on the phone with everybody trying to, you know, he traded everybody. Like you guys, you guys brought up. He traded Kyrie uh, Thomas, right? Yeah, Kyrie no. Thomas. And he also traded uh, uh, Giannis's brother. Yeah, Costa uh, Costa Santacupo to Dallas. And, Dallas, I think. And he might have even traded somebody else in between it, I forgot about, because they had six goddamn picks, and they ended up with three players. And one of and Shake Milton was hurt. So, I mean, they just, like you said, they got worse. They got J.J. Redick now in year 16, 34 years old. 
Fucking and his minutes are going to go up because of the loss of Bellinelli and Ilyasova, because he didn't yeah, play just, as great with those up minutes until the end of the season last year when he had a chance to take a breather. If I see them come out and and Ben Simmons does a LeBron move where he's isolated and or James Harden, a better example, and steps back and shoots a left-handed three and it goes in, then I'll be like, all right, I'm down with them. But until that motherfucker shoots and Markel Fultz does something besides make a face behind uh, Doncic with his <laughs> stupid hair, and I, you know, I love the Sixers, but I don't love their team right now, and I don't love their coach, and I don't love Again, any. Again, this is all. Uh, anyway. And this is. Remember, we're recording this right now. It's July 18th, so right. There's a long way to go before the season tips off, so things could change. So, but we'll see. Oh. We'll see. Um, another big free agency signing this offseason. Isaiah Thomas has finally signed. He is now a Denver Nugget. Look, rest of the league. The Denver Nuggets are coming. Damn. <laughs> what a signing. Yeah, they're going to fuck people up because... They really you know, are. They're, they're, they're going to get their shit together, like you know what we're talking about, chemistry, barring injuries and stuff by the end of the season when everybody, just like this past year when you all had to play them, your team had to play them just to get in. Oh, shit. Except, they were except they're going to be – yeah, they were pesky last year, and now they got a guy who was going to have a max contract who's now playing for peanuts because of, you know, uh, allegedly yep. Boston's medical staff. And, don't and forget. you tell me he's not going to be – you tell me he's not going to be motivated if he's healthy jumping in with them boys? And don't forget – if he's healthy, don't know if he's going to play this season. Michael Porter Jr., who was the number two draft uh, recruited player coming out of high school, they got him at 14. If he's somewhat healthy and plays this year, son of a bitch, what do you do with that team? I'm telling you, man, Denver's yeah. a sleeper out west. I'm not so high on Porter, but I guess I can't argue it at a 14. That, that could be a steal. I mean, at fourteen, that's a that's a that's a steal. Denver's just gotten better this year, and Isaiah Thomas. People sleep on him. He is a, a system player. He's got to go where the system fits him. And where does the system fit him? In fucking Denver. Denver. That's where it's going to fit him. <laughs> that's where yeah. it fits him. He ain't gonna he ain't gonna be the guy out in L.A. He can't play with LeBron. He's a ball dominant point guard. He's gonna fit out in out in Denver because that's all they were missing was a really, really good point guard. Um, let's take a look at Denver's free agency while we got a minute here. Um, because honestly, the, the team has just gotten so much better um, this, this off season, especially with the Isaiah Thomas addition. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. Oh man, this is some news here. Uh, NBA.com just reported this two hours ago. He had a second back surgery last week. Uh, Porter Jr. did. Uh, Brother, that's what I told you about, man. Yeah, yeah. He he had to sit out longer. Unless unless Denver's willing and has the talent, which they seem to. They do. To wait him out. To wait him out. Kind of like the Sixers did with Embiid, except they'll win while they're waiting as opposed to losing while they're waiting. You Mm -hmm. know, if they can wait him out and you know a year or two, you never know. Yeah, you really don't know. And you know the Denver roster is is solid. They have 
so many players now, and they they did get rid of Wilson Chandler. They still have, uh, I think they dumped Kenneth Farid as well. They've got uh, Paul Millsap still on their roster. Uh, just man, and the um, I believe they 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 did some free agency with uh, Nikola Jokic this off season, and they really really improved. Um, I'm trying to find a list here of the guys that they brought in. Um, and who who really uh, they've improved how they've improved their team because Isaiah Thomas was just one I think they added someone else. Um, if you hear any noise, that's oh. just me turning this off because every site you go on is a constant video. Yep. Okay, there we go. Turn that off. Because uh, I well, know they they've Gary, added... they still got Gary Harris. They still got uh. Yeah, I believe they still have Devin Harris. Um, Yeah. They have Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray's still there. They still have Paul Millsap. They still have Jokic. Yeah, they still have Jokic. They – let me see here. By the way, the Portland Trailblazers won the Summer League uh, Championship in Las Vegas, 91-73 over the Lakers. So, your champion Portland Trailblazers, ladies and gentlemen – um, they were dominant they, with a lot of. They uh, really were. Did not lose a game. All right, here I'm looking at the of, roster uh, now for the Blazers. They had a lot they of have, pros. Yeah, they had a did. lot of guys that have been around, like have have at least played somewhere at the professional level, and I think uh, Anthony Simons played as well and averaged about ten a game too, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, I believe so. Um, let's see. They have Will Barton, Malik Beasley. Devin Harris, Gary Harris, Richard Jefferson. Uh, I'm stunned he's still in the league. <laughs> uh, I doubt he will be by the time it comes. But, yeah, uh, I do too. Paul Millsap, Trey Lyles is a good player. Jamal Murray, Mason yeah. Plumley, Jared Vanderbilt was another guy they got um, in the draft. Yeah, so the draft. that's, a, that's yeah. another solid pick for them. So man, look, I'll tell you this: you want you want a bold prediction? Here's your bold prediction right here. Okay. And people are going to call me crazy. Right. I swear they're going to call me crazy. The they Denver Nuggets, <laughs> the Denver Nuggets, will finish better in the rankings at the end of the year. In the seeding, they will finish better than the Los Angeles Lakers. You heard it right here from coming. me. It's coming. That was coming. It it has. It, they're better. <laughs> like nobody, nobody on that Lakers team other than LeBron James and Kyle Kuzma have proved to me that they're worth. What they what they're being touted as? LeBron James is fantastic. This is a new day. LeBron James is in the West now. He's not in the East anymore. Okay, this Nuggets team, if they were in the East, Eastern Conference Finals easily. Nobody would touch them in the East. They'd be in the Eastern Conference Finals. But they're in the West. They'll finish higher than the Lakers because Lonzo Ball's a nutcase. Who knows what he's going to do? Brandon Ingram's unproven. Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo, JaVale McGee, that, that's, your, that's your team you're putting your faith around? There's no other stars. There's LeBron, and that's it. I'm telling you, the Denver Nuggets will be higher in the playoff seedings than the Lakers. You heard it here. I, I shall remain silent because I don't agree or disagree. Um, I just, I'll just i leave that prediction to be if, yours. If everybody but stays healthy. that doesn't healthy. mean I don't agree. That. Let me hedge that bet. If everyone stays healthy, they will finish higher in the playoff seedings than the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm hedging that bet. No problem. My Minnesota Timberwolves have been in the news the past few days uh, with uh, the contract rejection from Jimmy Butler as he turned down the four-year, $110 million extension. So I went on a mission to talk to a personal um, – I'm a fan of this guy, John Krasinski from the Minnesota Athletic in Minnesota, Minneapolis. He covers the Wolves. He and Darren Wolfson are the guys when it comes – to covering the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I, this is the guy I follow up with. And he was so gracious to you to come on the show and give us some time. So what we're going to do here, if it's cool with UTR, let's go ahead and pay some bills. Then what we'll do is we'll go straight into the interview with John Krasinski. Is that cool with you? I'm, yeah, I might jump right back on after I if, – I might have to jump off and back on, okay? That's fine. Uh, we'll go ahead fine. and take care of this. So, we'll see you guys on the other side. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave. WowFreeCam.com is the number one cam site on the internet, and they are our gracious sponsors, and we want to invite you to check them out over at WowFreeCam.com. Anything you could imagine and whatever you want is just one click away if you go to WowFreeCam.com. What's some of the things you could check out over on WowFreeCam.com? Motorboat? Play the motorboat? You motorboat son of a bitch, you old sailor you. Or you could be into... Two chicks at the same time, man. Whatever it is that you're looking up for, WowFreeCam.com will leave you with one reaction and one reaction only. You won't want to miss out all the fun going on at WowFreeCam.com, so be sure to show them some love and go over. Hey, it's in the name. It's all free. Must be 18 or older to access the website, but make sure you get there as quick as you can to check out all the fun going on over at WowFreeCam.com. Again, must be 18 or older to visit. Right now, I am joined by senior writer for The Athletic, covering the Minnesota Timberwolves, as well as the Minnesota Vikings, former Associated Presser and basketball podcaster at TalkNorth.com, John Krasinski. John, thank you so much for joining me. I'm good, Nate. How's it going with you? Doing well, doing well. And this is honestly, this is an honor to have you on the show. I've been a Minnesota Timberwolves fan since I was about 10 years old, so about 18 years now. So uh, you and Darren Wolfson have been two guys that I absolutely read and try to follow everything you guys do. So thank you so much for coming on with me. This means a lot. Well, yeah, I appreciate you having me on. It's uh, nice to talk basketball with the uh, with the fan. You've been through your fair share of suffering, so uh, let's see if oh, we can boy, uh, you know. help you out along with it. <laughs> it's it's been tough, especially living in West Virginia. So it's it's been hard, but uh, I always try to catch the Wolves when they come to the East Coast, especially Charlotte. I, I usually go every year to Charlotte to see them play and try to get really good seats. So, but uh, very nice. Let's go ahead and dive. Let's go ahead and dive in here. Um, the first thing I want to talk about with the Wolves is Jimmy Butler turned down the four-year, one hundred ten million dollar max deal. So clearly, this has sparked controversy all around the league. Everybody's saying, "Well, he's gone. He's leaving. He doesn't like Wiggins. He doesn't like Towns." What are you hearing as a Wolves insider? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I understand kind of why people 
maybe panicked a little bit when they saw the news that he officially turned down that contract is four years, $110 million. And certainly that kind of would appear to play into the narrative that really has been prevalent for much of the last year is that you know, Jimmy is, is not getting along well with, with Cat and with Wiggins. And, and, and so he could look to, uh, to head elsewhere. Now, what I will say is it, they're, they're, they're not as related as people are making them out to be. Uh, I, I know that you know, people see the, the headline and they say, oh, that means that he wants out of Minnesota for sure and there's, there's no way that he's going to stay. Well, I can tell you that he could be the happiest Timberwolves player in the history of the organization. You know, he could be you know, Mark Madsen and, and want to stay here forever, and he still would have turned that deal down. Um, you, the, the rules of the collective bargaining agreement prevent the Timberwolves from offering him any more than a four-year, $110 million extension right now, and he can make next summer five years in 187 or $190 million from the Timberwolves. He could make four years in $140, $150 million from another team. And so his decision to turn that down right now is really strictly financial. It has no, no bearing um, or nothing to do with, you know, what he, you know, what he thinks of the organization, what he thinks of his teammates or their ability to win long-term. It's, it really comes down to just a purely financial decision that if he waits another year, he can add at least $30 million to his earnings potential and, and, and up to 70 or $80 million more. So um, that, that doesn't mean that everything is hunky-dory here and that, everything is just, just, just fine and dandy and, and, and that and some kind of concerns about the overall team chemistry are not valid. But I just think that I saw a lot of people say, seeing you know, that headline and saying, oh, it's, it's for sure over for Jimmy and Minnesota, and, and that's just not the case. Yeah, I read the headline at first, and then I read another article. I believe uh, either you or Darren Wolfson one posted uh, that he could make 188 million dollars next year, and I was like, well, he'd be stupid to, to accept a four-year deal when he could make an extra, you know, 60 million, 70 million dollars. So yeah, why would to stay in the same place with an extra year? Why wouldn't you do that? So I, I'm I'm thinking Jimmy's going to stick around, at least as my my fan perspective. I'm looking at it as Jimmy will stay. Um, at least I'm hopeful because I think we've got a couple rookies. We got uh, Bates Diop and Josh Okogie coming in, and I really like the way those two performed in summer league. And I think uh, how how have they adapted to being a part of this Wolves organization so far? Those two rookies. Yeah, it, it's early on, but um, the, the initial signs are are good and promising. And you know, uh, as as a as a longtime Wolves fan, you know that you can't put a, a ton of stock in summer league because We've seen guys play really poorly there that end up playing that end up being having very good careers in the NBA. We've seen guys who have been stars there in summer league that that never amount to anything when it comes to the NBA. But um, I think you know less from what, when I was out there last week in Vegas, less I wasn't looking so much at uh, you know kind of their performance in the games as much as I was trying to look at their approaches and how I think that will fit with Tom Thibodeau. And they both seem to be 
very much Tibbs kind of guys. I mean, they are they're hard nosed. They play defense. They challenge shots. They get into the passing lanes. They create turnovers. Um, you know, those kinds of things are what Tibbs really wants in the second unit. Uh, you know, we've written at the Athletic a lot. Uh, my partner Britt Robson and I. That you know, when you look at the defensive numbers for this Wolves team, the the starting five actually played pretty good defense. I think they're you know depending on what metric you're looking at, they're around 12th or 13th in the league in defense. And some and in some categories, they're in the top um, as a, just as a five man unit. When thing, the reason that the, the team overall was down in the low 20s is that uh, you know, the, the second unit really struggled to stop people. And so one of the biggest priorities for Tom Thibodeau in the offseason, you know, in addition to adding shooting and perimeter shooting, was that he wanted to add some toughness and some defense to the second unit. And you know, they hope they did that with Anthony Tolliver, who's a, a versatile defender. And really, Akogi and, and Bates Jop both showed kind of that mentality, the willingness to dive on the floor for loose balls. Uh, Okogi blocked, I think he had eight block shots in summer league in his four games. And, um, and I think, like, I would venture to say at least six of them were right at the rim and were challenging layups making sure nothing was easy, and, and, and that's what they want to see. Tibbs, we talked to Tibbs out there in Vegas, and he said that he likes their approach. He called them both serious-minded players, and that's kind of in the Tibbs lexicon is really one of his highest compliments that he can provide is that he wants guys that take this thing seriously, that aren't kind of laughing and joking around, that are studying their playbooks, that are getting into the film and, and, and practicing with a purpose, and so far, you know, so good on that front. I mean, still a long way to go. There's still a huge jump that happens between summer league and actual real NBA games, but you can see some of the tools that these guys have and why uh, the Timberwolves were attracted to them when they were when they were both available when they got on the clock on draft night. Yeah, and I thought Bates Diop was a steal in the second round. I had no way expected him to fall to us, and I'm so glad he did. When they made that draft pick, I was high-fiving, fist-pumping. You know, I was like, yes, finally. Uh, it felt like something really went our way. I like a Kogi at 20, but I really like Bates Diop because I had him as a late first-rounder in my mock draft, so really liked us picking him up. But um, another thing that is always brought up here is Andrew Wiggins. He gets the big contract. Uh, last year, and people seem to talk about how his he seems lazy on the court. He's not given a hundred percent. He doesn't play defense that well. Um, I'll argue he was our best player in the playoffs. Him and Derrick Rose played better than most everybody. I think Butler was injured still, so he couldn't really give everything he had. But uh, Wiggins played really well in the playoffs, and. I thought he really lived up to potential. Do you think that Wiggins this season had needs to take a step forward for his role in Minnesota, or what's what are you hearing on the Wiggins in Minnesota so far? Yeah, I think yeah, I think he definitely has to take a step forward, and I would agree with you, Nate, that you know, especially in the first three games of that series against the Rockets, he was ab- Wiggins was absolutely their best player. Uh, he kind of fell off in the last two games a little bit, but uh, but yeah, I, I mean. What we saw last year from him 
was, I would argue, you saw more hustle plays, better defense, more um, uh, of the effort and kind of the, the energy that you want to see and that you need to see from him than we did in the first probably – uh, I think in the first three years of his career. I mean, I, I, I thought he made a step up in that department. But that said, he's still got a long ways to go. And when you are starting to make max-level money, you're going to have max-level expectations thrust upon you. And, you know, I, I understand that, you know, he's still trying to figure things out with Jimmy Butler and how their games mesh together and, and, and what he can do. But um, – there's no question that if the Timberwolves are going to take the next step this season and go from, you know, a a fringe playoff team, a quick one-and-done playoff team to a team that can challenge to win a series or or go deeper in the playoffs, they need Andrew Wiggins to blossom into the guy that you can kind of – that we saw, especially in those first three games of the playoffs, and that you can count on on more of a nightly basis. You know, sure, sure, you're going to have your off night. Things aren't going to work for you a night here, a night there. But I think what the Wolves want to see and what, what they need to see is, is, is a more reliable effort night in and night out. And I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I don't know how realistic it is. I know he has the ability. Uh, I know the tools are there. We've seen when he turns it on that he can be explosive and dynamic and, and game-changing, but they certainly have to see more of that. And, and so, I, you know, from what you hear about Wiggins, I, he's been training with what Rob McClanahan, who has worked with Derrick Rose and Russell Westbrook and Kevin Love and a bunch of stars and is well thought of, so I think that's a good sign. He said to us in the locker room after game five of that Houston loss that um, he didn't play up to his expectations last year and so uh maybe he does some kind of inner reflection and and maybe you know in year two with jimmy butler and year three with tom thibodeau maybe there is more that comes to it but he's definitely got to show that and prove that uh before i think people will believe it but uh i I, i'm not ready to give up on him yet i just think that there's enough physical talent and 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 ability there and enough you know, intelligence as well for him to eventually put this thing together. Yeah, I think this is going to be a year for him. I think this is going to be a breakout year, and I think he's going to do well. He started off the season doing really well, but uh, the grind of the season is tough, and it's hard to to really put your finger on what happens with players. But I think Wiggins is going to have a great year. Uh, just a few more questions for you, John, and I'll I'll let you go. We re-signed Derrick Rose. I say we because this is this has been my team for years. But the Wolves, <laughs> yeah, the Wolves fun. re-signed yep. the Wolves re-signed Derrick Rose. They let Bealicia walk and they bring in Anthony Tolliver. Um, other than that, there hasn't been a lot of free agency movement. I know we have limited cap space, not a lot we can do, but we didn't improve our shooting, and that was a big area for me that we that the Wolves struggled. Um, is there anybody out there still that the Wolves could maybe make a run at, make a small offer to that would come in and play because we lost Jamal Crawford and he was our one of our biggest three-point shooting threats? Uh, is there anybody out there we could make a run at to add some shooting depth on the second on the second team? Yeah, it, it's pretty um, it's pretty thin right now out there in terms of guys 
who you would sign for, say, a veteran minimum type deal and who would come in and figure to make a real impact. Um, so I, my read on the situation is, is they'll probably sign a couple of more guys, but I think they're going to be more on the Marcus Georges Hunt level of player that is maybe more of a developmental guy than someone they expect to come in and contribute a lot, unless a guy like uh, you know Luol Deng or gets bought out by the Lakers and becomes available. Again, he doesn't really address a lot of their shooting needs, but he is a veteran that I could see Tom Thibodeau taking a flyer on and maybe giving more than just kind of you know just just token minutes to. So you're right though that the kind of the one glaring hole for sure that they have not addressed all that much this offseason is their three-point shooting. And they were last in attempts and makes last year, which means that too often they were bringing a knife to a gunfight. And that's a real problem in today's NBA. And so I think Tolliver, adding Tolliver over Bielitsa is actually probably going to be a good thing for them in the end because He's a willing shooter. He does, he's, he's not um, tentative like we have seen Belly kind of be from time to time. So he's just going to come in and jack three. And, and he knows what his role is, and he'll do that. Now, he's not going to be making six a game, um, but I think he will be a help there. I think Carl Anthony Towns will probably have to shoot more threes next. Andrew Wiggins will definitely have to do a lot better from a three-point shooting perspective than he did a year ago. Okay, yeah, so um, so as I was saying, Wiggins absolutely has to shoot better than he did last year to give them a little bit more floor spacing, to really uh, kind of make sure that they don't, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but that, that he and Jimmy Butler don't kind of double up too much and, and each other's games. And, um, and so – they're going to need Jeff Teague to, to shoot more threes. They're going to need Carl Anthony Towns to shoot more threes. A lot of their improvement from a three-point perspective is going to have to come internally, and that's unfortunate because they weren't able to go out and get a J.J. Redick or a Wayne Ellington or, or somebody like that who's a more natural three-point gunner. And so um, you know, they got their work cut out for them for sure, uh, but – there's going to have to be some changes to the offense. There's going to have to be kind of some changes to player mentality to shoot more of those shots just so they don't end up, you know, exchanging threes for twos as often as they did last year. Yeah. Um, well, Towns is nearing the big extension. There's been rumors that they're in serious talks. Do you think he signs the big extension, the super, the big max contract this year? I, I do think he signs it, Nate. I, I mean, every rookie – who's been in his situation, who has offered a max deal, signs the max deal. It's just, it's too much money to pass up. Most of these rookies, you know, this is their first crack at, at real wealth. Like, you know, Towns has made good money with endorsements and with his rookie contract already, but this is a, a chance to really vault them into another stratosphere. And so I do think that there's going to be some negotiation involved. Um, I, I don't think it's like, you know, it's it's just as easy as, hey, here, Carl, here's the max. Just sign it and let's be done with it. I think, you know, kind of a little bit of attention 
within the organization is going to have to be addressed and kind of communicated. But um, in the end, yeah, I, I do think that they're going to sign him to that deal. He'll, he'll sign it. They'll kind of try and repair any of the, any of the, the, the chemistry issues that are, that are there and go forward with him just because, I mean, he's been, he's been too valuable. He's been too good for this team not to do that. And, and so it may not happen in the next day or, or, or two, but at some point this summer, Carl's going to sign that deal, and then they'll kind of plot their course forward from there. All right. That's my last question for you here right now. Is It's the one I ask every Wolves representative. We've had Alan Horton on. We've had Dave Benz, Jim Peterson. Now you, so i got to ask. I've asked every one of them this question. Do you think Tibbs played his starters too many minutes? Oh, boy. Um, that's a great question. Um, what I would say is I do think he plays them too many minutes, but it, for me, my concern with the approach that he had last year was not necessarily that, hey, he's playing these guys too many minutes, their bodies are wearing down, and you're, he's exposing them to injury. I don't think – that's the big issue that the Timberwolves faced last year. I mean, you saw, you know, Wiggins and Towns made it through their entire seasons, and, I mean, they're very durable, knock on wood. Jimmy Butler had his knee issues, but um, he's had those in the past. So, uh, for me, it's less of a health issue and more of a continuity issue. You saw that a lot of the bench guys, Gorgie Jang, Tyus Jones, Nemanja Bielitsa, even Jamal Crawford, who played more minutes than anybody else off that bench, uh, they, they had a hard time getting in the rhythm of a game and feeling like they were a part of the situation and could kind of get into the flow, play through a mistake or two, and get a good sweat in and, and, and get a feel for things. The, for, in their perspective, from their perspective, the leash was often a little too short. And there are some players who can just come right off the bench, heat up quickly, down a few shots, and then go right back to the bench and not, and not have any kind of uh, issues. Those are few and far between. I think that the bench guys for the Wolves need to feel a part of this thing, and there was frustration there. And, and so when you're not playing – that's a problem uh, for, for the team. And when you've got guys who are kind of hanging their heads, um, that, that, that affects how, how much of an impact your second unit can make. And, and so if, 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 the, if the scales are too imbalanced where it's all the starters doing all the heavy lifting and all the bench guys are just doing is holding their water for a couple of minutes every night, uh, that, that makes it tough throughout the course of a long season to get those, those spurts where the bench really carries you for a few games. I mean, it happens for all the good teams when their starters struggle a little bit. They go to the bench, get a spark, get some energy, and can turn a game. And we didn't see that very often with the Wolves last year because a lot of them just didn't feel a part of it. And so I think that is something that Tibbs is going to have to address going forward is getting players that he trusts who can play a little bit more significant minutes and feel a part of things. And I think that'll help a lot of the chemistry issues and a lot of the frustrations that you kind of saw bubble over from time to time 
uh, in the Wolves locker room last year. All right. Well, John, thanks for coming on and giving me so much of your time. I really appreciate it. Always good to talk to a fellow Wolves uh, fan and the guy who I've really been – I've read everything you've done for a long time, so I really appreciate you jumping on with me. Why don't you let our listeners know where they can find you at? Yeah, Nate, thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate this. Uh, I uh, Right now for theathletic.com, theathletic.com slash MN, you can go, we'll take you right to the Minnesota page. You can subscribe there for – like three fifty a month, give, give you access to all the best Wolves coverage in town with myself and Britt Robson breaking everything down. And hopefully uh, people can stop by and give us a look. You can also find me on Twitter at John Krasinski, J-O-N-K-R-A-W-C-Z-Y-N-S-K-I. Uh, and so, yeah, thanks for having me on, Nate. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. No, thanks for coming on, and hopefully I can have you back on sooner rather than later, John. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Talk to you later, man. You too. Bye-bye. All right, we're back. That was my talk with John Krasinski covering the Minnesota Timberwolves for years now, one of my personal favorite writers and uh, people to bring in to talk about the Wolves. T.R., are you still with me, brother? Yes, sir. Awesome, awesome. Uh, man, what a jam-packed I, uh, show tonight was. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, of, I'm, you know, I, in 93, I was in Minnesota a couple times, and uh, I hate the extreme heat. Every person you brought on that's been involved with the T-Wolves has been, like, enthusiastic, cool, down-to-earth, you know, a lot of people move to the warmer weather when they retire. I'm thinking Minneapolis might have my name written all over it. Man, I'd be all over some Minneapolis, dude. It's it's just so cold in the winter. It's like it's freezing in the winter time. I, I know that would suck for a bit, but it, it's not. It can't even be close to as bad as the extreme heat. So that's true. I I would much rather it be cold than to be warm. So plus, you get a lot of good steroids out there. I right hear. Never mind. Um. <laughs> oh god but yeah john was really cool and i hope to have him back on again soon and uh you know i'm always going to dive in for my wolves and he left me feeling better about the minnesota team so that made that was great because uh, i've been a little down on him as of late so john really put things in perspective and, and made me feel better so I'm, I'm i'm happy about that that's cool yeah, but uh, man, what what a night we've had! It's been jam packed from uh, from bell to bell. I mean, guests and talk and summer league talk, free agency, Kawhi, DeRozan, it, everything a person could want on a hoop show for this week. Man, that was a jam packed show. Other than the time he scored thirty points, hit a bunch of threes, I don't think we've heard the name Bealicia that much on any fucking show <laughs> in basketball history. <laughs> Legit. This show just broke the record for number of times and the Manya Bialicia's name was mentioned on a show. So right. I think we have that going for us. I'm gonna put that on, on our Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, you can uh, follow us at Wide Jump on Twitter. We're getting new followers every day. Thank you for that. Um we'd like to send a big uh don't know how to say it, but thank you to the folks and fans in Egypt. We just picked up Egypt. 
as a new country downloading Wide Men Can't Jump. So, uh, Donk of Shame over there in Egypt, I think that's how you say in German. But thank Whatever. you. Thank you to Egypt for, for downloading the show, man. I think that's our 25th country that this show is being downloaded in. So, that's a big I deal, think that's man. Not in, I think that's not including U.S. and Canada. So, I think we're really at 27. Possibility, man. There's a bunch. Uh, unconfirmed, but that's that's what I think. I haven't counted in a while. Like I think the last, I I know it's at least 25 or more. So we're in that range. Uh, and we had our biggest download day the other day, biggest download day in the history of the show. Uh, thank you all for that. Thank you for supporting us, and thank you so much for listening. And we've people had just chilling, such a, man. People people chilling in the summer at the beach. They don't want to listen to no racket on their on their radio or no nonsense talk with one yeah. subject. They want to hear people, real people, talking about real things and giving real opinions. And that's why we're crushing it in the summer. No doubt, dude. And there's so much to talk about in the summer. Like People think, oh, how do you do a basketball show in the summer? Oh, trust me, there's plenty to talk about. We're already yeah, over sir. tonight. So, you know, we'll have a show next week. Uh Show next week will not be live. There will be a show put out. It will come out, but it will not be live. Uh, we will have that more on that later. But there will be a show next week. We will have guests. It just will not be live. So if you're trying to call in next week, you won't be able to. Just a heads up. Uh, but we'll be back to our regular live uh, shows on the week the week after that for episode 39. So episode 38. We'll have one in the can, and we'll have it out for you, and we'll have guests. We'll be talking new subject. It won't be a best of or a throwback. It'll be the show, so nobody panic. You'll get your wide men hookup this week. Um, but, TR, I think it's been a successful show, and it's about that time. All right, my brother. Peace. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. Well, hold on. Not yet. What? We got it. Not that time. Not, not yet. It's It's close. Thank you to John Krasinski. Thank you to Mitchell Moore. Thank you to thank you to Brian, whose last name is escaping me at the moment. Brian, oh uh, Fonseca, Brian Fonseca. Thank you guys all for coming on. We hope to have you back on again. Thanks to WowFreeCam.com, Law Offices of Stephen P. New at NewLawOffice.com. Thank you guys for our support. And you can download the show at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, anywhere. You find podcast. We're there. Follow us at Wide Jump on Twitter. Wide Men Can't Jump on Instagram. Follow TR on Twitter at TR Shock. Follow me at MMITM Nathan. Again, a big thank you to the guys from In This Ring for having me on their podcast. Give them a follow. Find them and listen to what we had to talk about if you're a wrestling fan. Uh, big thanks to everyone for downloading. And TR, anything else before we get out of here? Nope. All right. Now it's that time. Peace. Thanks for listening to this show on the Wide Men Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump. You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise, Google Play, Player FM, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. This show has been brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy, and wowfreecam.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Wide Jump. You can follow us on Instagram at Wide Men Can't Jump. 
and on Facebook at facebook.com slash jump. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Also, rate the show and tell us how we did. If you love us, please give us a five-star rating. Again, thanks for listening to this episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. Tune in, same time, same place, for the Wide Men Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash Wide Men Can't Jump.